Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 1 for a minute. I want to just get this message to you today, and I want you to turn to someone that's next to you and tell them this. There is always hope. Huh? Come on, turn to somebody else. Unless you're sitting by the same person, there's nobody else around, just say it to them again. There is always hope. There's always hope. Amen. There's always hope. Genesis chapter 1 shows us that from the very beginning and the onset of creation, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. This is the condition that God stepped into. These are the conditions. Void, dark, and formless. But that didn't seem to intimidate him one bit. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. Notice what he did. When he stepped into this dire situation, deep, dark, dankness of space, the emptiness, the void, the formlessness, and yet he didn't even mention any of that as the reality. He said, let there be light, and guess what happened? There was light. Formlessness, void, emptiness. Darkness was no match for his word. Let there be light. That's why I'm here to tell you today, my family, there is always hope. There is always hope. If you can just get his word in your mouth, there is always hope. If you can just hear his word, there is always hope. I don't care how far your loved one may seem away from God. It doesn't matter the degree of the debilitating disease or sickness somebody you love may be experiencing right now. I'm here to bring hope to you today and to remind you with God and His Word, there is always hope. There is no situation or circumstance and that, that can even compares to the power and the hope that His Word carries with it. Amen. At any moment, in any time, anyone, anything can change. Any circumstance. This is what separates us from the rest of the world and its thinking. Because the world has a degree of hope until it looks like all hope is lost. And then once they get to that point, they say things like, well, we don't want to get their hopes up. Or we don't want to produce false hope. But see, you and I have a hope that is, an ab- that is absolutely sure. The Scripture says it's an anchor for our soul. So we don't live our lives, and our lives are not dictated by our circumstances. We are dictated by the Word of the living God. We have chosen to live by it, to believe it and it alone, despite what we see, taste, touch, smell, or hear. Do not live by the sensual realm. We walk by faith and not by sight. Am I in the right church? 
Hmm? We believe in the power of the Word. We've seen it. We've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the Word of God do marvelous things, and, and it was beyond any human ability to do. I've seen miracles. I've seen healings. I've experienced it through, even through my own, the laying of my own hands. I, a few years ago, I was in uh, South Africa, and I was praying for some people in a church service, and a man came forward on crutches. And the pastor directed me to come pray for him. I didn't know the man's actual condition. I assumed by the look of his leg uh, with a wrap on it that he had twisted his knee or maybe torn an ACL or MCL or maybe even an ankle. I wasn't sure. I just saw it and I said, okay. So I laid my hands on this, this gentleman and it was just something as simple as by his stripes you're healed in Jesus' name and walked on. Well, a week later, I get an email from this pastor that said, Pastor Eric, I need to tell you the story. He said, do you remember the man that you prayed for who had the crutches? I know you prayed for a lot of people. I said, yeah, I do remember that man. Because I remember because he was an older gentleman, it caught my attention. I felt for him that here he was, an older man, having to use those crutches. And, um, and he said, well, I uh, need to tell you this story. He was one day away from having his leg amputated. He said his leg was wrapped because it was, had lots of infection in it. And he said the infection had set in so deep that there was no hope for actual recovery. And the doctor had scheduled the next day to remove that leg. And he said, and when he came into the doctor's office, he said he unwrapped, took that wrapping off. And he said the doctor stood and said, hmm, something's different. Your coloring's different in your leg. We need to, uh, we need to do some more testing on this. And he did. And not only did those tests prove that the man was no longer in need of amputation, but the doctor told him, your leg is in such good shape, you don't even have to come see me again. I've seen it. The Word of God works. It's living and powerful, and, and, it, and, it, and it has a hope that is, as Romans chapter 5 says, it does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. He spoke into the void, into the darkness, into that which was formless, and said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you are in life, what, even, even at the, the level of your relationship with God, you know, God is merciful regardless of what we do or say or how we act. How we think. Aren't you grateful for the mercy of God? That his mercy endures forever and that his truth endures to all generations. That's the thing I love about the word. I think it's Psalm 33, 11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. You know what that tells us? No matter what generation has come and generations, you know, I think it's kind of interesting, especially in teenagers. I used to think this way when I was a teenager, that our generation was a special generation. Yeah, we were special, all right. Uh, we, that we all think that we're exception to the rule, that we're totally different and no but a other generation can relate to us. Every generation thinks that. Right? Every generation thinks that. It's nothing new under the sun. And, and so it's this, 
but here's the, here's the thing. No matter how different these generations look, and we can stand around and complain about this next generation or the younger generation, you know, what good does that do? Here's the thing. Here's what I do know. His truth endures to all generations, which means that the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God is relevant no matter the generation. All right? So the greatest thing that we can do, continue to do from generation to generation is to preach this gospel, is to preach the Word of God that has a hope that will not fail. There is always hope for every generation. There's hope. There's hope. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, there's always hope. There's always hope. Amen. His word is everlasting. And so we are here, my family. We are the church. We are the people of the living God. And we are here to get people's hopes up. We don't offer a false hope. We offer an assurance. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. And all who believe on him will receive everlasting life. He died for our sins so we don't have to die from our sins. I thank God for his mercy and his grace that he gave to us willingly. Even that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, Christ died. It didn't matter the level of degradation. His love exceeded all of it. No one is out of the reach of his love. No one is out of the reach, therefore, of hope. We learned something about our father Abraham, the scripture says, who against all hope, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. Hundred-year-old men and nine-year-old women aren't supposed to start families, but they did. Contrary to hope, him as good as dead, one foot in the grave, but still having babies because we have a hope that does not fail. I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know where you're at with your family, with your job, with your health. I'm here to tell you today there is always hope. There is always hope. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For you to believe there is no way is for you to say there is no Jesus for me in this situation. Oh, but he... He is for you in every situation. And as long as he is the way, there is always a way. Are you hearing me? As long as he is the way, there's always, because he sees ways you don't see and he knows ways you don't know. Amen. So that's why we walk by faith. That's why I believe him. I want to show you something. I want you to hear this. There's a man by the name of Dwayne Miller who pastored a church. And a few years ago, several years ago now, he got something like the flu, but that flu damaged his vocal cords so badly that they could not heal. As a matter of fact, he went on in his pursuit to get healed, 200 different doctors, 73 different specialists, and all of it was to to no avail. They gave him no hope for recovery for his vocal cords. Can you imagine what a pastor without vocal cords, how effective is he? Matter of fact, he finally had to step down from his position and go try to find a job uh, uh, that he could do with what little is left with the voice that he had. And it was just a lot of struggling. And he and his wife and family actually ended up settling down in a church, a large church there in Houston, Texas. Well, over time, one morning, they're having Sunday school. This is a denominational church. 
they're having Sunday school, and the Bible teacher that day was sick and couldn't come in. So they, knowing uh, Dwayne's history, asked him if he would step up and teach that Sunday school class. He was reluctant at first and hesitant, but he thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll do the best I can. So he goes to teach this class, and, and they'd already had the curriculum set out for him to teach. And so they gave him a special microphone that, that could pick up what semblance of voice he had. And he just so happened to be talking out of Psalms chapter 103. And Psalm 103 is this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm just going to give you just a couple of verses in it. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And it goes on and on and on with this promise. It's marvelous. So he's preaching out of here. And because of his denominational slant that you're going to see and hear in just a moment, I want you to understand we don't agree on everything, all right, concerning healing. And, and, uh, uh, but that's his denominational persuasion. But that's not the point of me showing you this video. What I want you to see is something quite miraculous. Let's play it. So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess, and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why. God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of Scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again, is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in the box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. <sighs> We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm a bit overwhelmed 
at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> There's always hope. There's always some no even if even if your denominational persuasion is different. <laughs> There's always hope. He was miraculously healed right there. And has gone on to speak several places now. He goes around the world giving this testimony. I mean, it was, the miracle was caught on audio. Is that marvelous or what? Before we leave, I do feel like I need to correct something he said, though, theologically speaking, all right? Isaiah 53 absolutely is about physical healing, all right? Absolutely it is, all right? That's not putting God in a box at all. Turn there for just a moment, would you? Can you give me five more minutes? All right. Hey, man, when I was in, younger and we were in church, we were just getting going, actually, at this time. So, nah. I know it's 12, 13. Isaiah 53. Let's turn there quickly. I've got to show this to you. This will bless you. All right? Because I don't, I don't want you to be convinced of anything but what the Word says. 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Who's this talking about? That's a good guess. Jesus, it makes me think of that kid who was in Sunday school. This, and, and the teacher says, what's, <laughs> you've heard me say this, what's brown, has a furry tail, climbs trees and collects nuts for the wintertime. Goes through all this description. All the kids are sitting there looking at the teacher and finally one of them says, she says, yes, Johnny. He says, teacher, that sounds an awful lot like a squirrel, but I'm going to go ahead and say Jesus. <laughs> Since we're in Sunday school, <laughs> good answer. <laughs> good answer. Isaiah 53, 4. Now listen, listen to this. Surely he, this is talking about them, the suffering servant. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. It looks like Jesus took care of every level of sadness there, and he did. But that's not everything there is to these words. Listen to this. The word griefs is the Hebrew word H-A-L-I-Y. You try to pronounce that. I don't know. Anyone? Hello. <laughs> Listen to this. This is what it means. Surely he has borne our malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, sickness. Now we just see griefs or griefs is part of it. But it's not just griefs. He has borne our malady calamity, anxiety, disease, and sickness. Now watch this. And carried our sorrows. That is the word, the, the Hebrew word makab, M-A-K-O-B. And it means pains. And then it gives the description of the pain. Physical pain, mental pain. Now think about it. Surely he has borne our griefs, our malady, our calamity, our anxiety, our sickness, our disease, and carried our sorrows, our pains, both physical and mental. Now, I don't know how you can say that's not about physical healing. One more place, Matthew 8. This pretty much, to me, this one puts the nail in the coffin. All right? Or maybe takes the nail out. Matthew 8, verse 16, 
Now, this is, now, right before this, Jesus had come to Peter's house, his mother-in-law's house, actually, and she had a fever, and he laid hands on her, rebuked that fever, and she was healed. And it says, and when, an e- when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a what? With a word. And he healed how many? All who were sick. Now, watch this. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Because Matthew seems to make the, the connection to physical healing out of Isaiah chapter 53. How is it that our denominational friends have a hard time with this? I don't understand it. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Now think about this for just a moment. Jesus healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled. Well, when was that fulfilled? When was it fulfilled that Jesus took our sickness, our maladies, our calamities, our disease, and carried it apart? Did it happen here? When he's laying hands on people and casting devils out with a word? Or did it happen on that cross? Did it happen at that Roman scourge when they laid open his flesh and he took many stripes upon himself? His body was broken so our bodies could be healed and our redemption was finally accomplished once and for all when he said, it is finished on that cross. That's when it happened. But this says here, Jesus was doing it that it might be fulfilled. Oh, I love this about Jesus. Here's how convinced he is of the word of God. (laughs) he's acting like it's already been paid for before he even pays for it. Because he knows something about the Word because he is the Word made flesh, that the Word is eternal. The truth endures to all generations. So Jesus could rightfully give out stuff that he hadn't yet paid for because in the realm of eternity, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That word knows no bounds. It's not bound to time. That's why you and I can have hope because it's not indicative upon circumstantial evidence. It's not indicative upon temporary things. It stands by itself alone. The great truth of all the ages. You can believe it. You can believe it. You get the word of God in your mouth. As Paul said in Romans 10, what does it say? The word is near you even in your mouth. And in your heart. It's that close to you, my family. That is the word of faith which we preach. I don't know what your situation is, but if you'll get the word of God in your mouth, if you'll believe it in your heart, you will allow then salvation to come to you again and again. I'm not, I'm not talking about just salvation from hell. We're thank God, we thank God for that, that he brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. But this word for salvation means every kind of deliverance. Deliverance from sickness, deliverance from, from poverty and from lack, deliverance from danger to keep you in a place of refuge, to keep you in a place of safety, to pull you out of darkness, to bring you into light. Are you hearing me? So our salvation experience is one of many salvations. There's lots of salvations, lots of deliverances for you as you walk by faith. Amen. So get the word of God in your mouth. Believe that there is nothing impossible with your God. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I hope this has encouraged you today. There is always hope. Come on, let's say it together. There is always hope. Always with our God. Amen. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this time together with your marvelous people. God, thank you for what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. He did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He paid a debt that he did not owe. And we owed a debt that we could not pay. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you did that for us. That at that cross, as you bled for the sins of mankind, all men, in that position of being suspended between heaven and earth, with one hand, you did, as it were, reached up and took the hand of the offended God. And with the other hand, you took the hand of the offending sinner and you brought them together in reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for all these here in this room, those that are watching by live stream and those listening by podcast, whatever situation they may be in, Lord, where they need help, they might need a miracle, they need supernatural intervention. I pray right now that they would hold on to hope. As your word says, do not, do not stand fast in the hope of your confession, the confession of your hope. Don't waver in it. Don't stray from it. Don't go quiet. Keep hope in your mouth. Keep saying what the word of God says, no matter what you're experiencing. Keep believing what God has said. Be convinced that he is faithful who promised Be fully persuaded that he is able to perform what he promised and be thoroughly convinced that he's willing to do it. He's not just capable, he's willing. He's on your side today. And he who gave you Jesus, he'll not withhold any good thing from you. He gave you everything he had in his son. His hands are wide open as the psalmist said, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. What is your desire today? He longs to give it to you. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Believe that this hope is not a crapshoot. Believe that this hope is not a roll of the dice. It's not a horseshoe that hangs over your your doorway. It's not a rabbit's foot that you can rub on. No, it is an assurance. It's not a wishful thinking. It is an absolution. Jesus Christ paid a high price so that you can continue to have hope. And now all of God's promises today, right now in this moment for you, are yes and in Jesus Christ. Amen. Believe that today. Receive his word. Don't be moved by your circumstances. They will move. They will change. But the word of God stands forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.